Welcome to the Wealth Builders Podcast. I'm Billy Epperhart, and on this show, you're going to hear from industry leaders in business, real estate, and investing. Our Wealth Builder coaches and myself are excited to teach you how to make sense of making money for making a difference. Okay, let's get started. Hello and welcome to this week's Wealth Builders Podcast. I'm so glad that you joined us today. We have got a really awesome topic that is going to help you so much in your business, in your real estate, and it is called Profit and Growth Formula. And not only do we have a great topic, but my amazing husband, Dave Metcalf, is joining me again this week. Well, thank you, my amazing wife. It's great (laughs) to be with you. And we're excited about sharing this because... It's going to be something you can take away and use immediately. You can. Yeah, really good practical steps. A lot of great insight here. And we're on, as you probably can tell from listening last week, a business theme. And uh, the reason for that is we have got a great workshop coming up August 18th through the 20th called the Business and Nonprofit Workshop. The theme this year is called Run with Vision. And Dave, you know, last year we really started to reformat this and the atmosphere of this workshop was so amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not only the content, but it's, it's the networking, it's building relationships, it's being in an atmosphere of other people that are pursuing God in the same way and hearing that sound in the spirit that Billy talks about. Mm -hmm. Well, great. Let's get started. Profit and growth formula. You're going to want to take notes on this. And here's an introduction to give you a little bit of information on what you can expect. First of all, every company has two key objectives, sustainable, long-term profit and growth. The second one, people in your company affect the bottom line every single day. And third, marketing is our promise to the community and your people deliver the promise. Mm -hmm. So Dave, profit and growth is a bottom line, but what drives it? What drives it? Well, we're going to give you that equation. So think about an equation where profit and growth is at the bottom. And then we begin to stack on top of that the key elements, the formula that causes it to actually be profitable and growth. And the first one up on above profit and growth is customer loyalty. This is where the customer is completely satisfied with the results. And you can measure that because there's an economic impact. Mm-hmm. And this is really key. And along with this, we're going to give you a couple assessment questions so you can ask yourself, are, are my customers loyal? So we're going to give you some ideas how to measure that because on a scale of one to five, let's say five is completely satisfied four is satisfied, and one is you're not satisfied. Well, the people that are completely satisfied, statistically, they are six times more likely than people that are satisfied to be repeat customers. Wow, that is a big difference between what seems like a small difference in score, but five to six times. And then can you, uh, there's a name, this is based on the Harvard Business article. And can you explain like why you don't want one? Well, I was going to leave that out, but if you have one, which is like they're completely not satisfied, 
Harvard Business, this is before 911. Yes. They called them terrorists because they actually go out and they, they do you damage. They, they try to hurt you. Oh, those one-star ratings will just take you out. Yeah. I mean, one- and two-star ratings because people look at ratings so much these days. They do. And they see those low ratings and they're like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I know. It's really, it's really important. And I think um, while there's sometimes that we can't please everybody, it, it just is like really important that we at least make an effort in this area mm-hmm. because, again, it is the key to profit and growth. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read an assessment statement just so you can uh, assess whether or not you have customer loyalty. And you can simply, uh, as you're writing these ideas down, just put a yes or no. And if it's a no, then you need to do something about it. Yes. So the first statement is, we have an effective process to measure customer loyalty. That's a yes or no. We actively seek to retain existing customers. That's a yes or no. So again, if it's like a no, then you need to take a look at it and see what you can do to make that a yes. Yeah, and also we are going through this really fast in the podcast, fast. but we will be going more in depth on this at the workshop. So we just want to give you an idea, and like you said, it's still something that you can take away and do something with. You can take a, you can apply this immediately, but hang on because we're going quick. <laughs> right. <laughs> so the the next one, if you have a person who's loyal, then what makes that loyalty? Mm-hmm. It's actually that they're satisfied. So the consistency, a satisfied customer, is what actually builds the loyalty. And one of the examples I love to talk about is how many bad haircuts does it take before you change barbers? I mean, for me, it's so important. Yeah. You got one crack at it. Yeah. <laughs> and if I don't come out looking great or like in my own mind, great, I'm looking for a different barber. Absolutely. And the second example is how much bad food do you tolerate? If you went to a restaurant and you got sick, we're not quick to go back to that restaurant, right? If someone got food poisoning. Yeah. So if I'm not satisfied, I'm not going to be loyal. And what Harvard Business figured out is the experience is so important because if someone has a great experience, they're going to tell at least three people. But if they have a bad experience, they're going to tell 12. Oh, my goodness. goodness. (laughs) What a huge difference. So this is something we need to really take a look at on satisfaction. And part of that, getting to the assessment, these are your yes and no responses. So I would say we regularly measure customer satisfaction, yes or no. And maybe you don't. If you don't, you need to measure it. And The second one is the results are effectively communicated to our associates. Well, Mm -hmm. this is important because if it's a no, for example, this means that you're probably not telling the rest of your team what people need to be satisfied. Right. And that's that's the whole communication process. So we need to really talk about satisfaction and uh, how we're handling that. Yeah, and I just want to encourage people to be a little more creative than sending out a long questionnaire every time a customer goes to your place of business because, you know, a lot of times people get into those, at least I do, and it's like, I don't have time for this. They're asking me, like, every everything they want me to measure, they're asking a question and I can't go mm-hmm. on. So a lot of times you're not getting a good idea of satisfaction because those surveys are not written well. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the next one. Now we've got the customer who's loyal and they're loyal because they're satisfied. The next question is, what makes them satisfied? And that is the word value. 
Value is essentially the results of what you have to offer and the way you deliver it. So both are important. Like I have a favorite burrito place. It's in Redding, California. It's called Burrito Bandito. And man, these guys always deliver this incredible burrito and the service is so friendly over the top and so consistent that I just love it. It's such a great value. Mm -hmm. And I get so satisfied with that big old burrito that I'm a loyal <laughs> customer. I'll drive across town for the burrito bandito, <laughs> which I guess we shouldn't mention brands, but. But that one we did. But yeah, there's did. also, so you like would drive across town for burrito. So I will bicycle across town for the fat schnook. That's right. And it's the same thing. It's a restaurant in Cocoa Beach uh, that we talk about quite a bit. We send everybody there. But, you know, we were I was just there with the kids last week. You had flown back and uh, we sat like there's a little bar that you can sit at when you don't have reservations. But we kind of like to just sit and chat with the workers. And, you know, we walk in. We know the food's going to be good. But there's Casey like, hey, welcome back. Good to see you. Congratulations, Levi and Carly. You know, we've got mm -hmm. like the whole team. The experience there is just as awesome as the food. And the same thing with cuisine because of Doris, right? Doris. Our waitress. Adorable Doris. <laughs> All right. So getting into the assessment to assess the... Now that everybody's hungry. Now everyone's hungry. So here's your yes and no uh, to the statement. Our service delivery matches our customers' expectations. That's a yes or no. If it doesn't, you got to think about that because you want that satisfied customer. The next statement is, our associates understand what value really means to our customers. Those are really good. And boy, do we have good examples of this with oh vacation gosh. rentals. It's like you, you have to... I've find. got a great one. You do? I do. Okay, sure. All right. We had a cleaning person. Oh, yes. <laughs> and and they the value for cleanliness, they didn't have. They quit. Because they said, no, that our expectations were too high. But yet, like the number one thing for a successful vacation rental is that it's clean. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. So that's talking about value. The next one above value that really brings the delivery and the waste delivered is a productive employee. And this is someone who key is they've got their head and their heart engaged. Mm -hmm. So they're not just there for the paycheck, but they're actually there because they feel passionate or they, they love what they do. And they're purposeful about delivering the value. So the cleaning person we just mentioned, right. they were not there with their, their heart. They were like, no, <laughs> I am not passionate. About I'm not going to clean that baseboard. I am not going to do it. <laughs> Okay, so we're talking about employee productivity. Here's the assessment, two statements, and you're looking for a yes or a no. Again, if it's a no, you want to do something about it. So on the employee productivity that drives the value is statement number one, our associates are on a regular basis rewarded and recognized for outstanding accomplishments. Number two, our associates are empowered to creatively solve problems and meet customer needs. That's really That's good. really big. It is. Just giving people enough wiggle room. Um, and, you know, one of the ways that you can do this is actually ensure that everybody understands what the vision is of your company. And that is the reason why you exist. 
And I'll give you an example. This is not their vision statement anymore, but Disney's vision statement used to be to make people happy, right? That's really simple. Mm -hmm. So what that did is it empowered people. Let's just say they're in a situation where maybe they were cleaning up uh, an area and there's a child crying. You know, it, okay, well, my job, the purpose that I'm here is to make people happy, even though I might be a custodian. So it gives them permission to pay attention and check out like, well, hey, what's going on here that I can maybe help with? This is really important. And again, a simple way to help bring this about is to make sure that you talk about and you communicate vision. Mm-hmm. Very good. So that's the productivity. Um, employees come with their heads and their hearts fully engaged. And above that, for them to be productive, actually, the employee needs to be loyal. Mm-hmm. So you need the loyal employee who is that productive person, which means they show up on, uh, show up for their work on purpose, like like they are there. And um, this is so important for the employee loyalty. You need to like really measure that. And to get into the assessment on the employee loyalty we are looking at the statement that we continually seek to develop trust and open channel of communication with them. Mm-hmm. And secondly, we have a high level of employee retention. Yeah, that's good because you're giving a lagging indicator, right, in measuring loyal, uh, like employee retention. But the leading indicator is, are we having communication with them that is open, that, uh, you know, there's trust, mm-hmm. Right. And when we pay attention to those things, we can actually build our employee loyalty so that it does improve retention. We just have to know what what drives it. And just in that one statement, you've given them that information. Yeah, definitely. So if they're now loyal, that means going up the equation, the next one above that, is that they're satisfied. So the Gallup survey actually found out that you have people connected to a mission or like their job. Mm-hmm. And um, in the survey across the United States, they found out that only 29% of the people were, were really engaged, satisfied employees, and 54% were not engaged, which means they weren't showing up with their head and their heart. It was just a paycheck. Yep. And the problem is 17% were ac- actually actively disengaged and that's where they came up with the term that they were terrorists. Corporate terrorists. Corporate terrorists. So you have a, you have customer terrorists and you have corporate terrorists. And what that means is is when people are actively disengaged, they're purposefully undermining and they account for $350 billion at the time of this survey in lost production annually. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? That's incredible. Yeah, so that just shows you how important it is to have like satisfied employees. And part of the assessment that you would use is a statement number one, we on a regular basis measure the satisfaction and address employee concerns. Mm-hmm. Number two, we continually seek to help our associates feel appreciated. Yeah. This is building that loyalty. Yeah, this is gold because these. this is just two simple statements that you can do. And um, if you activate that, maybe it's not even well, but at least you're doing something. You are starting to build that process. And, and this is really important. I mean, I just remember one of the organizations I worked with in banking, 
We did four mergers in five years. And let me tell you, we had some corporate terrorists. They were not happy to be a part of this bigger organization. And I remember one time, um, there's a lady that worked with us. Her name is Pat. And she was really good at going in and facilitating um, like roundtables and discussions. And she had to shut one down. It was that bad. She's like, this is not even fruitful. We really had a problem. So one of the things that we did is we did the engagement survey and uh, we purposefully put things in place, which might have been great to try to do earlier. But when you've got that much activity happening, it's difficult. But from there, we had to build the culture. And once those people, they move on, it's tough to win them over. I would say you can sometimes win them over. But once they choose to move on through their actions or maybe they choose themselves to quit, it's amazing how you can go in and really clean up this part of an organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. And the uh, next one, to have a satisfied employee, this is where you actually create the satisfaction through internal quality. hmm and the internal quality, so this is going up above the equation. It's above employee satisfaction. And we've only got two left to go. The internal quality, this is this is where the the systems and the people is all coming together and people feel great about what they're doing, but they also have all the pieces in place. This is where they have quality um, processes or maybe the tools that they need or the equipment to do well, mm-hmm. because if they if they are going to have uh, everything together, they can be satisfied that I've got all the tools I need to get my job done. Yep. And if they don't, then they just don't have that uh, quality. And if they don't have that quality, they don't they're not satisfied. And if they're not satisfied, they're probably not going to be that loyal, which means they won't be that productive. Yeah. So it really kind of goes into an interesting chain on internal quality. So a couple of the statements are, all our players are accountable to our standards of excellence. That's a good one. Yeah. So that means um, not just systems, but there's culture. Are, right. are we behaving in such a way that this reflects who we are as an organization? And the second one is, on a regular basis, we check to see that we are providing the necessary equipment and resources that our people actually need to do their job. That's really good. You know, in the coaching, we talk a lot about this setting standards of excellence because one of the common problems in any business, and we hear this, is, well, the, the employees just aren't doing a good job or, you know, they're not performing up to a high level. Then we're like, okay, do we have job descriptions? Do we have quality control? Do they know what to do to succeed? Sometimes people don't even know what actions are, we are actually looking for, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we'll be sharing a lot on that. We go in depth on this in coaching, but at the workshop, we will be digging into some of this more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. We're on the last one. The last one is at the top of the equation because it starts with leadership. And that leader, the person in the organization who's leading this organization, they're typically the person who sets aside their own personal agenda and picks up a greater agenda of serving others. Mm -hmm. And there's so much data on this that when a leader is safe and when they help employees below them, they actually begin to influence in such a way that that they are helping with the productivity of the employee. 
And so we want to talk about uh, the ideas of leadership. And it's essentially, um, uh, one of the examples of leadership is that John Maxwell says that leaders intentionally build an internal quality that drives the organizational culture towards excellence. Yep. And that's so good. But it's, it's making sure that they have everything they need. Yeah, and if I could just say too, this is this is very uh, a good comment. It's going to make you think. As a leader, no organization can rive, rise above the constraints of its leader. Right. So think about like a ceiling. Yes. If employees are trying to go above that, and the leader has a ceiling, they're hitting the ceiling. They are. And it doesn't mean as a leader that we need to know everything. But the way I look at this is I like to surround myself with people that are smarter than I am in their area of expertise, right? Mm -hmm. Because if all they can, if they keep bumping into only my knowledge and I won't accept or hear when they're more the expert, I've put a constraint on the organization. So it's important to know as a leader, you don't have to know everything, but you you really need to have a mindset of leadership where you're empowering people to really bring everything up to a higher level. Mm -hmm. And in this, where we're talking about how the leader develops the internal service quality on the assessment to the statements, yes or no, would be, first of all, our leaders demonstrate participation with and concern for the employees. Mm -hmm. Yes or no. The second statement would be, our leaders spend time personally developing and coaching people that's so important. That's so important as well. And, you know, these are things where as a leader, we don't always want to hear like, what? If I'm not doing a good job with leadership, I don't even really have a chance for much of this. But this is where just your heart to be a leader, even if we don't do everything perfect, we have God with us. We've got, you know, wealth builders here to help. Billy's an amazing leadership uh, trainer and teacher. But it's also when we dream of that business or we want to have a business, it is having the responsibility of looking at what it takes to be an effective leader. We're not perfect. We're not expected to be perfect. But we can employ some of these things as a leader and definitely contribute to getting our organization on a really strong track. Sure. And this assessment and the conversation is really just taking a look at how well are we positioned for that long-term profitability and growth. And one of the great things you do with the business, business um, clients, the coaching that you do, mm -hmm. is you actually go through all these different business canvas models, all, everything that touches each of these elements do. to stack it all up to make sure that every person is profitable and growing. We do. And it's, it's you know, it, this is all possible. I know it's a lot of information, but this is all possible. You take it step by step. You bring, get some help. You know, we call ourselves like, we're, we're like the business executive team to help people, right? We come alongside them in coaching and help them. Um, and I just want to encourage you, if, if you are in business, you're looking at starting a business, or you're in real estate and you want to expand and scale, uh, or you're in ministry, in leadership and ministry, this workshop will be, I feel like good saying this is a life-changing workshop and will be life-changing for you and your organization. So if you're interested, go to wealthbuilders.org forward slash events to learn more. 
And Dave, I'm just going to do one last little recap of these steps for everybody. Okay. So um, profit and growth is the goal, right? Right. To profit and grow, you need customer loyalty. To have customer loyalty, you need customer satisfaction. To have customer satisfaction, you need to deliver value. To bring value, you need to have employee productivity. To have employee productivity, you need employee loyalty. To have employee loyalty, you need employee satisfaction. To have employee satisfaction, you need internal quality. And to have internal quality, it all starts with leadership. Mm-hmm. That's right. The leader who's willing to personally get involved in the process, yep. to coach, and like we talked about recently, even the the engaging, communicating, exploring, how you doing? Are you stuck anywhere? Yeah. Can I help you? Are you clear about your destination? Mm-hmm. All those are so helpful. Awesome. Gosh, Dave, this Great has been, care. well, I was just going to tell you, this has been <laughs> so fun and so helpful. It always challenges me personally when we talk about things like this. And um, we're just so excited to have the opportunity with Billy and Becky to be able to help bring value to you in your area of wealth building and your desire to be that kingdom leader. So we love and appreciate you so much. Uh, Remember to check out our website. We've got over a thousand free blogs, lots of information at wealthbuilders.org. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless you and make it a great day. Thanks for listening to the Wealth Builders Podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review the show. You want to learn more about who we are? Visit our website at wealthbuilders.org and check us out on Facebook. We'll see you next time.